Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to this special report edition special of Two Twins and an Album. I am Nubs, and I don't know what to say. What else to say? <laughs> I don't know. It, it sounds like uh, sounds like someone's been raising their voice a little bit lately. Oh, dude. Mine's a little scratchy, too. So I've had scratchy voice going for like two weeks now. Really? Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of talking at work and not enough vocal rest. Yeah. You know what I went to uh, tonight? Um, I went to a field hockey. Do you call it a match or a game? I, it's, I think it's a game. Game? Yeah. I went to a field hockey game. At the local Universidad? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the local university lost, which I was pretty happy about. But <laughs> I've never been, I've never, I don't think, even seen field hockey before. I didn't do a lot of yelling at the the thing because I didn't I didn't really understand what was happening, to be honest with you. I sat there for four quarters of 15 minutes, I believe, each, and still kind of don't know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's lots of whistles for no reason yeah it's yeah you know i, I like to, i'd like to think of myself as a you know a, a fairly perceptive especially when it comes to sports and competition and these things like you kind of pick up on it like i bet i could watch cricket and pick it up within an hour you know of like just the sort of basics i i still after an hour have no absolutely no idea what you can and can't do in that <laughs> i mean it's so so first of all, I, I think the officials blow their whistles regularly because they too are bored with the uh, sport, right? Well, I actually didn't think it was boring. You know, it was pretty fast mm-hmm. and, you know, and these were like two like top 10 in the country teams playing. It was Michigan was playing Penn State and they're both in the top 10. So maybe I was witnessing a high level of uh, of field hockey, you know. But um, so I I didn't really like find it boring. In fact, it's probably the coolest like women's sport that I've witnessed. I mean, I'd I'd go to another game, but I just couldn't figure out like why one thing got whistled and then another thing that looked very similar didn't. And then then there's like a corner and everyone's putting helmets on and then everyone's taking helmets off, you know. And then yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. And they, oh, and they kept, they kept like going to the videotape, you know, like they had a, they had like a, like the replay hood booth, you know, that the, the officials were actually, they were going to the tape to, to like check on some stuff. You could actually like, I think it's like the goalie on the other team can call for a, a review. It's like, Hey, no, no, no. Let's go to the videotape. You know, let's, let's, let's make sure, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And they go to the tape, like, go to the tape. Yeah. And he did that like five or six. I mean, did I just, I couldn't figure it out, man. It was like, you know, and finally I just gave up. I was like, if somebody puts the ball in the, in the square goal, then okay. I, under, I, that I can understand all the other shit going on here. Like I just sort of stopped trying. Yeah. You know? Well, the, the, so the sport actually has a lot of potential. It does. It should be an amazing sport. But there's a few things that hold it back, and you just described many of them. Many of them. But the other problem with the sport is they don't let the players even breathe on each other. Yeah, you know, it, it, a game like that needs contact. You got to be able to throw an elbow or throw a shoulder or throw a hip. Yeah, and they don't let you do any of that. No, 
And that would There's really like a halo. Would make, like you, I think right. you, it's like f- four meters or five meters or something. You have to stay like away and like guard. It's more like guarding in basketball than it yeah. is like being able to come up and make a play. And yeah, I mean, whatever it, it was. I mean, yeah. it was interesting, but it was also like people, like, <laughs> like people would like start cheering and I just had like no idea like why they were cheering. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and then they're like lining something up. Yeah, yeah. whatever. I, mean, I, t- was- I tell you what was far and away the highlight of the game was your daughter at halftime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> T sent me a video of, of his seven-year-old, eight-year-old, eight, eight, eight-year-old yeah. daughter just taking over halftime. She yeah. was doing cartwheels and <laughs> gymnastics moves. And yeah, they brought them out there to do some, you know, something for everyone to laugh at where they like, they like ran, picked up a, a, a field hockey uh, stick or whatever, whatever it is. The Q-tip. Yeah. Yeah. With the little hook at the end, you know, and, uh, and they had them like spin around five times and then try and hit one in the, you know, it's like, kind of like, let's watch these kids get all dizzy and whatever. But uh, she nailed it. You know, um, but yeah, she saw it as an opportunity to show off her gymnastic moves. Um, so all like three people in the crowd that were watching the halftime show really appreciated her. her oh, she took over the game. Maneuvers. It was, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I got to say her, uh, her gymnastics look pretty sharp. Yeah. Well, really did. we finally, she's doing that crap so much around the house. Finally, it's like, it's like two years later, it's like, should we just get her like maybe in gymnastics so she could actually like do this for a purpose? Right. You know? Right. So, yeah, it was great, man. It was hilarious. I, I love that video. <laughs> so uh, special edition here. And what we're going to do, we actually have a, we're going to do a couple of these because in the last few years, there have been some pretty controversial lists that have been released that are aiming to look at the worst bands of all time or the worst musical artists of all time. And th- there's two in this episode, we're going to look at one and then down the road, we'll do another special edition. To look at another. And, and they're very distinct. The one we're going to look at in this episode was actually put out by LA weekly. And this was put out uh, in February of, of 2012. So it's older, but it's, it's still very relevant and it's still discussed to this day. You know, it came out many, many years ago, but it, it's still discussed on message boards and it's still pretty controversial. So there's that one. Then at some point down the road, we'll do another special edition, which means we'll get to play the special edition theme and do the deep voice again. That is a more recent list that was put together by Odyssey, which actually is like a database list. So they used all sorts of different data points to find the most hated Bands of all time. So this is LA Weekly. So this is more of like a journalist sort of take on the list, 20 worst bands. And then the next one we'll look at will be the most hated bands from Odyssey. But so, one is, so one is like a like polling from a bunch of music journalists and the other is like is more like surveyed. Exactly. The LA Weekly one, it, it looks like just a bunch of like hack journalists, you know, giving their takes on the 20 worst bands. The other one actually suggests that it's sort of the most data-based version of the most hated bands. So it's not necessarily worse, but it's hated. Mm. 
So when we talk about the worst bands of all time, and you don't know the list, you've—I know you've—you've ne- you've never seen it. No, uh-uh. But, I, I I avoided it intentionally so that uh, you could get my honest reactions. Well, well, with that, with honest reactions, are there any bands that come to mind for you that you would say are the first things that enter your brain when you think about worst bands of all time, and not as much like you know obscure things that nobody else has heard of because we all kind of. No, have those. Yeah, this would be like bands that people love or are popular that actually like, sort of suck. Is there anything that comes to mind right off the bat? And then we'll see if they're on there. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, is this like worst in terms of ability or like disliked? The LA Weekly list that we're going to look at here is is the worst bands. They're making the case here tonight as we look at these that. These bands, you know, are popular but suck. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure Nickelback's on all these lists. Okay. I mean, that's like the, and we did an episode about them and we both agreed that they're not deserving of not only being hated, but also being accused of not having ability, you know? So I'm sure they're on both. Um, maybe like Maroon 5. Okay. Um, is on that. By the way, dude, the Nickelback thing—it's just so—it's so predictable, isn't it? I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I bet there's some surprises, and I mean, not total surprises, but like heralded bands that actually, um, you know, get blown off a lot by, particularly critics or journalists. Like Aerosmith might be on there to some capacity. Um, Maybe like the Bee Gees. You know, that kind of thing, that kind of like scene of something that was sort of like easy to make fun of. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't we start there? Okay. Those, are, those are the ones that come to mind. Let's do that. So what I'm going to do is go from 20 to 1. I'm going to read at least excerpts of the little blurb. I'll remove anything that might directly give it away. And based on the blurb, I'll give you a chance to say it because, you know, oh, okay. most of these you'll know. It, this yeah, that's good. This isn't trivia or anything. If you don't know, that's fine, too. Oh, okay. There'll be, there'll be, there might be two or three of these that, that you and I are not that familiar with. But um, I'm glad you said it's not trivia because then I'd, I'd get all, you know, I'd, I'd start getting my uh, competitive. Yeah, your juices. Yeah. Yeah, those would start flowing. Yeah. You know? I don't want your juices flowing. <laughs> By the way, what? Like. Why are we talking? Why, when people use that expression, why are we talking about like people's juices flowing? Like, is there a better way to say that? It's kind of like, uh, what does that even mean? Well, I, I, you juice, want to talk about it now or juice flowing? I don't know. Is this, did you not learn this in eighth grade or I don't know? Is that what it means? Like, I, that, like, I, like I mean, a, like, it's like an erection thing. <laughs> is that I what mean, it is? Sort of, I think. I always wondered. It was like, or like it gets your blood pumping. Like, I don't know. I just yeah, it's a weird figure of speech. It is. See what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I okay. agree. All right. All right. Well, let's get our juices flowing here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number twenty. Are you ready, T? Yeah. Did you know that blues travelers John Popper used to be a member of this damn group? That may explain why a blank song is a bit like herpes. You get infected at a young age when you don't know any better. When you think it's finally gone, it rears its ugly head again. Just when you thought they were that you were out, they pull you back in. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Number twenty is the Spin Doctors. 
John Popper was in the spin doctor. He was, he was. So, so, um, so remember when we saw the spin doctors and there was like, um, in an absolutely packed pine knob music. Theater. Oh yeah. I mean, Completely do you remember packed. T edge to edge? Oh the my place God. was packed. Absolutely. This packed. was at their height. It was them in soul asylum. If I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, really it was excited. like a package show. I mean, it was a good package show, but they closed. Yeah. They were headliner for sure. I was really excited to see Soul Asylum, who I loved, but you know, the spin doctors were so huge. But um, and then we got backstage. We did. Didn't our didn't mom get us backstage? Like she did. She, she did that a few times. She did that several times. I don't really want to know how she did it, but she used to do it. She found a way. Um uh, <laughs> But the most memorable thing of that entire evening was the um, the sod fight. There was a it rained like earlier in the day or maybe during the show. I don't know. And and on the in the lawn at Pineapple Music Theater, you could like dig up like divots of sod and grass, and people were like chucking these <laughs> these giant, you know, like when you see those squares that the landscapers put down. I mean, people were like digging up like crap the size of that and just throwing it up in the air and it was hitting people in the head. And I mean, it was crazy. It was like a riot, you know, that's what I remember more than the spin doctors themselves, you know, I agreed. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't even think about the sod fight until you just said it. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It was the whole thing. And remember actually the first band was screaming trees. It was screaming trees, soul asylum. In the spin doctors, which in 1993 or whatever it was, was, I mean, it was like yeah. musical heaven, right? Yeah. I, so were they a terrible band? I mean, I don't, you know, they, they were annoying because like their drummer always bothered me because he played uh, with, uh, what do you call it? The jazz traditional grip. Yeah. yeah. He played with traditional grip, which is, I don't know, just bugged me when I was 13. And, uh, and he always had a big smile on his face. That always bothered me too. Yeah. yeah that wasn't the nineties way, you know, <laughs> he was too happy. And then, um, and then the bass player, you know, he wore gloves, you know, and I don't know, maybe actually that was kind of cool. Now that I think about it, you know, I don't know. I mean, the pocket full of kryptonite was a sort of a nineties, like classic. Well, I mean, a, it's sold. I don't know yeah. how many times platinum, but I mean, everybody. I mean, Two it. Princes is a really good song. Sorry. Uh, and Little Miss Can't Be Wrong was a, sort of like, it was unique. It was original. I thought it was a very original sound, you know? You know, the so, song I still like that they did was the opener, Jimmy Olsen's Blues. Yeah. I thought that was cool. That kind of showed like, that kind of showed who they are more than the other two. I thought that the two singles were Maybe cool at first, but I mean, they did get irritating and they were played so much. I mean, yeah. Dude. And I, t- honestly, we'd have to do an episode about that one for me to actually listen to the album top to bottom. I don't know if I ever have. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think they got lampooned a bunch, but were they that bad? I don't know. Not, not to me. All right. Well, we've already got controversy. Yeah. T disagrees with number 20 spin doctors. <laughs> All right, let's get they to number did 19. Fall off the face of the earth, though. Like, yeah. good Lord. I mean, yeah, they did. There's, they, they, by the time they, before they even released their second record, people were kind of done with them. You know, it was pretty yes, wild. For sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, this one, number 19. Why was John Popper in the band? I, to, I don't know, be fat and play harmonica? I, I don't know. <laughs> Not sure. So he, so he like 
he was he was with the spin but blues traveler was like popular before the spin doctors was mm-hmm. he like a was like a cameo appearance or something or- were they? I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, first came out Blues like, Traveler was like 89 or 90. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't know, man. Mm. Maybe he was looking for, uh, you know, some other dudes. I think that magazine's making shit up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and we've, we're only on number 19. All right, <laughs> All right. Here's number 19. Okay. Formed in the late aughts, this band consists of Jack White and some other guys. They call themselves a new band made from old friends, but it's more accurate to call them slumming dudes attempting to trick fans of the white stripes into liking their boring, awful music, <laughs> which I love because I actually completely agree with this. Like the rock on tours. It is. Yep. The rack and tours. I don't know enough about them. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I think I've heard one or two songs. I, you know, the whole like Jack white, even the white stripes, like, Get behind me, Satan's a really good record, and Icky Thump was pretty good. And you know, I mean, they've they've certainly had their moments, and I mean, they're I think they're a pretty important group, to be honest with you, or duo, whatever you want to call them. But I'm not like the Jack White thing to me, even as a uh, Detroit area native, was always kind of overrated to me. I guess so. He always seemed like kind of a jerk too. I don't think he's a jerk. He, he, I think he's you interviewed him, didn't you? Intense. No, no, I never got to interview him. Oh, okay. But you, you saw that. Uh, I interviewed a, a few of the other Detroit guys from that scene. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I never saw them live. So oh, maybe, maybe the white stripes. Yeah. Or any Jack white thing. Okay. Ever. Yeah. I saw the white stripes kind of at the height of their powers at the Masonic temple in Detroit on get behind me, Satan. And, uh, it was powerful. You know, as a Detroiter, I, it's hard to separate the respect and his importance to kind of the musical community around here yeah. from actually liking the music. I agree with you about those two records. I think they're both fantastic. The record tours, though, was actually him and Brendan Benson, who I did interview. And um, when this first record tours album came out, and yeah, I, I have to agree with Ollie Weekly on this one. I just, it was like very manufactured. And yeah. Jack White was always like, anti-manufactured rock but this felt like it was put together for the wrong reasons Hmm. but uh okay well that's number 19 number 18 it's not gonna take long for you to know why is blank among the worst because blank frontman only plays tambourine and possesses the single most nasal voice in pop (laughs) because their biggest hit is pure nonsense because they combine simple composition with over the top production and pretentious length. What are you talking about? One album? Uh, I just look. Yeah. Well, I mean, by the way, uh, one album that's really good. Yeah. One album that we it's did amazing. very early yeah. in the show. And I think we that's both their put best on the turntable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's ridiculous to put Oasis on there. I mean, whatever. Next. The, the, what you'll see when you look at a lot of these lists is that Oasis is on them. It, it's, you know, you mentioned a band to start yeah. Nickelback. Oasis is on just about every worst band list you can find. And it just goes to show you like people just do not and did not understand Oasis at all. Well, and and, you know, they're, they're probably considering a lot of the bravado and a lot of the kind of like drama and those type of things that ensued. And Hey, listen, you know, a lot of that did get a little tiresome, but to call them a bad band is, I mean, Noel Gallagher's, I would say, a brilliant rock songwriter. 
his lyrics are fantastic, I think. So, you know, I mean, that's just stupid to put. I mean, that makes it a tough list to take seriously, honestly. Dude, you just wait. <laughs> Number 17. Are you ready to get really pissed off, dude? <laughs> Number 17. Blank is supposed to be the next generation's Grateful Dead, right? But with the dead, one at least enjoyed a fighting chance of enjoying them sober. Also, there's the fact that the dead never composed these lyrics. And I'll just say them because you already know who, who it is. Down with disease, up before the dawn, a thousand perfect children outside dancing on my lawn. Number 17 is, unfortunately, Fish. These are like all bands we've done, you know? Um, <laughs> I, I thought about that. Though we covered this too on Billy Breathes. These guys are tremendous musicians. Now, you don't have to like what they do. You don't have to even like going to their show. And, you know, sometimes the ambiance and the scene of it can be annoying. Um, but, you know, I mean, we went and saw these guys a couple months ago and they're all in their 60s. And uh, they're amazing. I mean, they're phenomenal musicians, whether you like their output or not. So they sure are. And they're so tight. Hey, they, they've put out like 20 albums. Okay. And they're not all going to be good. They, they, they have like 300 songs in their catalog. They're not all going to be good, you know? So, you know, are they perfect? No, but worst bad band, like, come on. That may be even, that may be even more absurd than Oasis, but I, I would agree just based on the musicianship. Yeah. I, I just, I just have a huge problem with, with, uh, and again, it's just, it's not, un- they just don't understand them. You know, it's like, go to a show, go watch yeah. them play for two and a half hours. And you might put down your bias that you think that they're, you know, some you grateful know, dead ripoff. They're really not. Right. And, and it's, it's kind of cool that, that, I mean, this is a good idea to, to talk through this a little bit because in a lot of ways you're seeing what the purpose of our podcast has been from the beginning. And that is to cut through the perception clutter and just focus on the the output because, you know, fish and Oasis and the, you know, they're easy to lampoon. They're easy to parody. They're easy to write off. They're easy to kind of like read the, you know, the stories or, or, you know, get the eye rolling that you get from certain people about everything besides the music. So, you know, if you want to put them in a list that says bands that, you know, you get annoyed with, okay, that's fine. But, Worst bands, you know, different story for sure. All right. Number 16 T. So it's really interesting to me. We can be thankful that this band only made one album and I'm not going to say the album because I think it would be a dead giveaway, but it's a doozy, a mess of classic rock whales and foul bluesiness. Consider yourself lucky. If you don't remember lyrics, like I think I know it. Wait, before you sing it. Okay. Traveling Wilburys. No, but that's a, oh, that's a pretty good guess. Damn. Now, okay. I think I think they just would never make a list like this just based on, you know, the, the, the line. Yeah. Those guys right? were all kind of like critical darlings too, right? Exactly. So this is what might tip it off to you. Their hit, notice that's singular. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, combines the worst of what Ani DeFranco and Grunge had to offer. All of it dressed up in thrift store clothing that probably smelled funny. If you don't know it, I'm going to give you one more hint that I know will give it away. Okay. Well, Ani DeFranco. Are they talking about the cranberries? By the way, I love Ani DeFranco. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> um, 
No, but that's a pretty good guess. That's pretty. I would say the Cranberries had more than one hit. Yeah. Right, here, here, let's say this. The quartet has disappeared, but the band's dubious legacy lives on through member. I'm not going to say what it is. Writer and producer of some of the most boring radio songs imaginable, <laughs> including this will give it away. Oh, Christina, wait, four, four non blondes. Yes. Including good. Including Christina Aguilera's beautiful and pink skin. Yeah, party that's right. What's her name again? Um, Linda Perry. Okay. Four non-blondes. The album was bigger, better, faster, more, which is has to be one of the worst album titles ever. Yeah, I mean they they literally like didn't have another song, right? I mean, well, you owned like, this album. Or I I do remember that. Did you do you remember liking the album or did you just kind of like the song? No, I mean I couldn't tell you. I I couldn't even come close to telling you one other song or one other moment from them. Yeah, I don't even remember having the CD. I'm sure I did, but yeah, I think you yeah. do. Was there a dude in the band? Might have been like one token guy. I think there was a remember dude. sometimes that would happen, like in uh, Be- didn't Belly have like a dude in it? Yeah, there, there was, there was a, like, yeah. So she was like, she went on to be like a legit songwriter, right? Oh, bit, dude, a huge songwriter and producer. But yeah. again, like even though like the two songs mentioned that she wrote. Are definitely different from whatever Four Non Blondes was likely doing. I wasn't listening to them much, but they were huge hits. Yeah, I mean, there seemed to be a lot of that in that '90s time period where I don't think these bands were even trying to like have longevity. It was it's a stupid band name. You basically put like one good song on the thing, and like. Did anybody actually think Four Non Blondes was going to make like 10 albums and be like a really good band for the long game? Like, and it's in, it seems like in some cases, in some instances, these, these bands weren't even trying, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I get that. I, I haven't listened to their whole album. It'd be interesting to do so. I would not be surprised if it's really bad. It's kind of tough though, like one album to like, call a band like really really bad it's almost like they didn't give themselves a fair chance to be bad you know right yeah so the song was irritating and it was very very popular and it it, it like one of those 90s songs that has sort of lived on a little bit you know oh it's an anthem know? i mean yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a definite like if you were to now i didn't i don't really like the song that much either but if you were to say what you know 25 songs define that decade it'd have to be on there you know? Yeah. It's not saying it's good, but it would have to be on there. So. Remember how controversial it was that she's saying, step outside and get real high. And I, you know, it's like, oh my God, she said that. Oh, was it? I don't know. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. remember that being a big deal. But. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember that being a big deal. I love It's kind of like in, uh, remember the Doors thing when they went on Ed Sullivan and instead of doing a uh, girl, we couldn't get much higher. The, uh, it was in the movie, right? When he's like, girl, we can't get much better. Can you dig that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The producers like talking to them before he wanted him to say, girl, we couldn't get much better. Better. <laughs> and then Morrison goes out and like yeah. goes right up to the camera and Screw just like you. higher. Yeah. 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 I love it. All right. Well, we are at number 15. Now I'm just going to be straight up with you. If you know who this is, I'll be shocked. Okay. I mean, I, I had no idea. I'd never even heard of this person <laughs> emerging with their hit grind with me. This artist. Somehow managed to lower the bar when it came to heartthrob groups with baby oil-smeared chests. See, I know how much you like uh, oil-smeared chests. I do. do. It's excellent that they've got great abs. 
and they certainly have the right to wear their shiny jackets wide open. But their musical sensibilities are questionable, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the, the rap R&B hybrid is so tasteless and tacky, one that could even make Mariah Carey blush. The point here is seduction, but it's hard to be seduced when you are nauseous. Was it Silk? <laughs> no, I think it's is more recent. Was it Casey and Jojo? <laughs> no. I, I, um, I'm going to tell you and just tell me straight up if you ever heard of this artist. Pretty okay. Ricky? Never. Me neither, dude. Yeah, never. All right, let's move on because we never even heard them. Yeah. All right, number 14. You have heard of this band. Where Journey was a hit factory. This By band. the way, they should they should use bands that 95% of people have actually heard of before on this list. You know, well, I mean, I could say like, you know, like Shoebox Collective, who I saw at some bar five years ago in Ypsilanti, like, you know, and okay, so they suck, but no one's ever heard of them. You'd think that on this list, they would put, what were they called? Pretty Ricky. I mean, but you know, before in my life, I know, but you and I might not be the best barometer for that. And and I I have a theory that maybe LA Weekly's um trying to get you know my more diverse uh, genres in here. Oh okay, yeah, I, yeah. I think this was a this. Well, was there's a, plenty of bad R and B. They didn't have to pick somebody. <laughs> that, you know, that's super obscure. right. Exactly. There's exactly. plenty of mainstream R and B that could make this. List. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like everything between 1993 and 1997, it wasn't great. All that All right. w, WJLB music wasn't great. Wasn't right. Great. Exactly. Exactly. All right, number 14, where Journey was a hit factory. By the way, really quick, really quick. <laughs> I got um the last week or so, I've I've kind of dug into the Isleys. Now those guys were great. Oh, the Isley brothers? Those guys wail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah Live it up amazing. parts one, two, three, four, and five. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Great stuff. Amazing. Take me to the next phase, parts one and two. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I love how everything had multiple parts, you know. Yeah, for no reason. Sometimes you'd be like, "Wait, when did part two start?" You know, they like really rocked. Wait, was, yeah. I forgot which Isley played guitar. Was it Ronald? But I mean, like, really could shred. Yeah, like, yeah, strong player. Yeah, big okay. Fan. All right, number fourteen. Where Journey was a hit factory, this band is the sweatshop equivalent, churning out shoddy products full of lead paint. And then they give a bunch of song titles that I'm not going to give. And then it says that some of these songs will send you to the doctor, will hopefully be your last, will make you wish you didn't. And then it says, if you got this band on the playlist, she won't be waiting for you. One last hint. Oh, Foreigner? There you go. Okay. Which you and I have discussed because you know how much I hate. I want to know what love is. Yeah, I I like it. I do. I do. Well, that whole Agent Provocator album, I think, is really great. I love the album cover. It's one of my favorite album covers of all time. <laughs> um, I love the first Foreigner record. If you ever listen yeah, to it, they're not, they yeah. were really good on that first album. You know, on that first album, Ian McDonald was a member of Foreigner. That dude was in King Crimson. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. Early on, I think they had the right idea, but it did get a little, as you know, as things went I mean, on. They, they were super, like, calculated manufactured i don't i don't think lou graham could be accused of being terribly authentic you know but you know god they still they could go out this last summer and go on tour and like thousands of people will show up to see them so when you have that kind of longevity i don't know that one can say that you're bad a bad band right 
I'm not saying they're like good, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's a, that one's a stretch. This band out of all the kind of seventies AOR sort of stadium rock groups, it does seem like foreigner gets slammed the most because they weren't proggy enough to like get in on the prog circles. Like Kansas wasn't even journey. Yeah. Uh, Ario Speedwagon, I think was able to weave out of some of the stigma foreigner just seemed to get slammed Well, and sticks as like, I mean, they're still making great music. Well, yeah, yeah. So, I think sticks avoided it completely just because they were so good. Yeah. And they're very good. Yeah. I, I get it. I'm, I don't think it's like a horrible, uh, contribution to the list, but when you've been around for, you know, like 40 solid years and you could still go out whenever you want and, I mean, you may have to grab a couple other bands with you, but still people go to their shows and they love them. So I don't know. Yep. Yep. All right. Number 13, with the exception of one song that I won't say, which sounds like a forgotten B side from a really famous album and the bass breakdown on one song, there are no greater offenders of seventies schlock than this band. (laughs) Schlock. Schlock. Okay. Everything else sort of gives it away. So I'll say the last sentence. I'll remove the two bands they reference. Using the spoils of blank, this band built a castle out of cheese. Uh, Don't know. Here's another level of hint. Consisting of this person, his wife, and a revolving door of drummers and guitar players. It solidified every argument that... One guy was better than the other guy. Think about consisting of dude, his wife, and a revolving door of drummers and guitar players. So what instrument does dude play? I don't know. Well, if they revolved in drummers and guitar players, what does he play? The piano? No, I don't know. (laughs) What's the fourth instrument in a rock band? Yes. Okay. Think of like the most famous bass player of all time. Not the best, but bass player of all time. And and his wife's in the band? Yes. Oh, oh, Wings? Yes. Wings is number 13. Oh, uh, well, so like, is this Paul McCartney solo? They're talking about Wings. It's Wings. Band, right? Yeah, Wings. I mean, yeah. So I'm not a Paul McCartney defender at all. So like, yeah, I think some of his output has been horrid. You know, both his solo work and his, I mean, I, I just, he did some very important things 60 years ago, but yeah, I mean, there's moments for wings and for his solo work, but I don't fault that at all. I don't think I, you know, there, there, there becomes a sort of like certain musicians can do no wrong because of what they did at one time. And that's like ultimate Paul McCartney perception to me. I don't really care about that. I think everything he's done since the Beatles has been relatively subpar or just trying too hard, you know, or like this need to sort of be current and all that and relevant is to me more often than not, it's kind of pathetic. So, Hey, I'm sure that ticks a lot of Paul fans off, but I, I think that's a good one to have. Actually, I think that's very good addition to the list. (laughs) I don't know that they're bad. Like, again, I mean, Danny McLean, he, he's some pretty good musicians in there. Linda had an incredible voice. Oh, stop it. Stop. Does that, that mean <laughs> too soon? Too soon. 
I, I have a problem with this one. I look, I, I agree with you about Paul, like doing the whole, like, I mean, what is he 80 years old and, and he's still, you know, running around on tour and, you know, trying to be young, trying so hard, trying so hard. Yeah. Trying a little too hard. And certainly if you look at the last 20 to 30 years of his solo output, it's, it's spotty. I mean, there are some remarkable moments and there are some moments that you just cannot, to your point, even listen to. But if you look at wings, I actually really like wings. You know, I, I, I think there were a couple records in there that were really strong. Um, and, you know, yeah, there were probably some album cuts that were a little tough to stomach, but I thought overall Wings was a good band. They followed an interesting journey. They had tons of members and it was kind of like watching a guy put his musical life back together after this sort of trauma of, you know, the Beatles experience. And so yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always been a big fan of Wings. I think I have every Wings album on vinyl. I think when you get into Paul's solo, that's where... I start to get a little more discerning, but I think it'd be the same way with wings. If I really dug deep into it, you know? So you say that you have their whole catalog on vinyl as if that's either surprising or unique. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, of course you do. I spent the night doing a little downsizing. You'd be, you'd be proud of me. You'd be impressed. I got a whole stack over here. You probably got rid of your doubles is what that means. Oh, stop it. Come on. All right. This might be the best written of all of them. Okay. I don't, I don't I don't think you'll get this one either but I think you'll like it. A good band should be like frosted mini wheats, a substantive cereal loaded with fiber and whole grains made edible by delicious sugary coating. This band unfortunately are more like Weetabix, a healthful bowel movement inducing breakfast option that skimps on taste. There's undoubtedly genuine musicianship behind this Seattle outfit. It's just wholly unpalatable, lacking even the most basic hooks and melodies necessary to sustain most listeners. Wow. Kind of hold it there. I will give you a little hint. This is a more modern band. This is not, uh, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, or even 2000s. This is like 2010s. They were in the vein of that sort of more folkier rock, sort of Americana thing that was happening around that time uh hipster hipster band it's not my morning jacket right you know what same no but but you're along the right track it's like yes this sort of this sort of genre you might have seen these guys like open for my morning jacket huh yeah i'm not sure okay fleet foxes yeah i know them a little bit are they bad i i like the couple albums they made for sub pop i think everything before and after was was pretty shitty yeah just like boring, folky Americana for the sake of being Americana is sort of gotcha. My take on them, yeah, yeah. Sounds like I wouldn't like them. Super hipster, though. I'm actually surprised they're on the list, but maybe so hipster that they were actually annoying. Yeah. All right, number eleven. This one you will know. <laughs> I love this. It starts by simply saying, "Funk metal is a bad idea." I don't know if you want to try just based on that. We love funk. We love metal. But we also love peanut butter and veggie burgers, not just not together. What about the singers rapping? Faith it's, No More? Nope. Nope. No, oh, no, no, Faith No More. I was about to, I'd, I would leave. Come on. And it's even more ridiculous when he starts doing duck lips. Now that should give it away. 
Who does rap rock uh, and does duck lips? Rap rock and duck lips? Duck lips. This guy maybe is the most famous duck lips aside from, uh, was that Ben Stiller movie? Zoolander. Uh, Zoolander, there you go. Rap rock. The sex rhymes on this famous album would be forgettable if they weren't so awful. On the plus side, however, we do thoroughly back the legit bromance between the lead singer and the bass player. I have no idea. T number 11 is the red hot chili peppers. What do you think? (laughs) Um uh severely overrated okay you know the only album that they ever put out that i thought was great was blood sugar sex magic and i think rick rubin had more to do with that than the band i don't know if they're a bad band but they have they have way outkicked their coverage i mean there there's no reason a band like that should be around for as long as they've been and still i mean they're still kind of doing it and it's kind of like at this point it's kind of weird it is you i know agree with that. It, it's, i actually it's, ironically watched some clips of them playing really recently like you know yeah the last few weeks yeah it, it's it's not cool it's it's not no. you know it's not like but i, I, I think I, for the last like like 10 years it's sort of been a band where it's like maybe you guys should hang it up because they could do something. I mean, they're they're not individually. I don't think they're terrible, but yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I get, one, I get why they're on there. There's one key to me that explains their longevity, and it's not their lead singer, and it's not their guitarist. I do think this is a great example of why why a rhythm section in a band is so important. Uh-huh. Because I do think Flea and Chad Smith are a terrific rhythm section. Yeah. He's an exceptional drummer, amazing groove. Flea is flea. So I, I do think they've carried this band's water for a very long time and, and are a key reason why they're still enjoyable for some. Aside from Dave Navarro, I've, I've kind of hated all their guitarists. I mean, I like Josh Klinghoffer, but he was kind of a weird fit. And John Frusciani, I've just never understood the obsession with that guy. I'm still kind of stuck on... Anthony Kiedis does duck lips? Oh, yeah. Dude, look at it. He always does that. Yeah. Those aren't duck lips. Those are, that's just like a, I don't know. It's like smooth. Those are like smoochy, smoochy lips. And I don't know. Oh, he goes full duck lips. Smoochy lips is like Mick Jagger. Kiedis goes like full on duck lips. Mm. All right. I get why they're on there. Are you ready for number 10? We're in the top 10. Top 10. Let's go. So this one's going to be tough for you to guess, but we'll see. Blank may seem like an easy target, but they're actually a quite difficult one. Considering they're less band than brand. There's the reality show and various lineup shifts, of course, but the details of those are too depressing to go into. So it's pretty vague. I will tell you, this is a girl group, not from the 90s, from the 2000s. And yes, they had a reality show. Uh, Don't know. Do you recall the Pussycat Dolls? Yeah, but I know very little about them. Yeah. In fact, okay. I maybe it's fair to say I know nothing about them. Do they <laughs> suck. Yeah, they they yeah, they were crappy. They're, you they got a crucial taunt and they're just finishing up their set right now. And oh, who's uh, next? Oh, and then you got the shitty Beatles. The shitty Beatles, how are they? They suck. <laughs> they suck. <Yeah. laughs> 
Shout out Chili. I'm yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chili. Uh, okay. I don't know anything about Pussycat Dolls. Okay. Number nine. Let's move on. Number nine. Okay. Here we go. You realize that Jason Siegel's character's obsession with this band is tongue in cheek, right? It's often said that people either love them or hate them. But a more accurate statement is that most people hate if them. If this is Rush, just stop. It is, isn't it? Yeah, Ru- yeah, Rush is a really bad. Ba- okay, just next, next. I mean, I don't how like, I don't like I don't like Jason Siegel. By the way, I don't know. There's just something about him I don't like. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know who he is. I just think he's kind of like like he tries to to be the everyman too. Much. I don't know. I don't like him. But that's yeah, that's absurd. I, I don't even know what to say about that. It's completely absurd. File this under like the the fish one as well. I mean, yeah, Rush is a really they're a bad. They're, yeah, I mean, you can not like them, but a bad band, like worst band. I mean, it, that's that's ugh, whatever, man. Exactly, exactly. All right, number eight. Okay, <laughs> this quotes George Carlin, who I've been spending a lot of time with lately. Who's just what a genius he was. Yeah. All right. It says, what do white people have to complain about? This is George Carlin's words. Did Banana Republic run out of khakis or is this band breaking up? If only. Though their leader, and I won't say the name, is black. Who do you, Oh, shit. I just said the name. Oh. <laughs> the band could... You would have known it. The band, the band could not be more vanilla. What's worse is that while good bands struggle to make decent money, this band seemingly siphoned it all off in their 90s heyday, going more platinum than Sandra D. If only the band were Sandra D. You would have known it. I mean, um, so so Hootie and the Blowfish. So cra- I mean, Cracker Reviews like it's like kind of good. It's got its you, moments. I mean, yeah, like, Drowning it, is like yeah, really- Drowning is amazing. I you don't have to like it. So I, the only thing I do understand is they never did anything else. So. Uh, these bands that do kind of strike gold once and then like I remember their follow-up album was really bad. And even Fairweather so- Johnson was Fairweather like, Johnson and, and so like bad. even the song, the singles off it were bad. You know, so it's not a bad pick. Cracked Review was again, I it, we talked earlier, I think 25 albums that define the 90s. You probably have to put that on there. But I don't know if they were as bad of it. Well, maybe they were. That that album oh. was really influential. That was another one. Remember, we saw them right in oh. that heyday and it poured rain. Do you remember? Yeah. I know it was. I don't know if I've ever seen to your point earlier, you mentioned how packed it was for spin doctors, but it was more packed for Hooting the Bullfish. And I don't know if since then I've seen the place as packed as it was. I mean, because those guys, they did sort of transcend. I mean, they had young fans, like kids. They had like teenagers. They had like frat boys and college people. They had adults, grown ass adults. I mean, they were very appealing, very, very appealing. And that was part of their success is they made a lot of different radio formats, you know, top 40 notably. But I remember from that show, it was like, you just saw a little bit of everything, Yeah, you know, for sure. it, in a way that was actually kind of neat. It was, um, it was very unique, you know, especially at a time period of the sort of early mid nineties where like it was so trendy and it was so like you had to fit into a certain mold to be cool. And it was so easy to segment your target 
audience. And those guys just sort of blanketed everything. It was very impressive. It was cool too, that it kind of crossed racial lines. I remember that being really influential sure. as a sure. kid, because it was like the first time where I went to Pine Knob and saw, you know, black people enjoying a band that typically white people would be enjoying. And there was this sort of mix of, I don't know, it just felt like it, it was a nice hybrid of two different yeah, worlds I mean, coming together. It was well, cool. and, and they're from South Carolina. Like it, this is a Southern band. Yeah. You know, that, that kept their roots pretty tight, you know, and they were, they were kind of dudes, you know, they like did the sports stuff. And I mean, I don't know. I thought the whole Hootie and the Bullfish thing was kind of cool while it lasted. <laughs> But in the defense of this publication, they did indeed fail to ever come even close. To yeah, the, not even close. Yeah. So that that I that part I understand for sure. All right. See, well, we are at number seven. We're approaching the top five. Are you ready to press on here? What do you say, Al? Yeah. <laughs> Shall we press on? It's time for me to get pissed. Boring, tepid, rehashed classic rock with a thin veneer of alt, grunting dumb hats, and Z-grade attempts at who's next do not a great rock and roll band make. The act took moronic, faux-concerned trolling to heights even you too couldn't achieve. Also, blank, thinks this is a lyric. Hoo-hoo-oh-ah-oh-oh-ooh-ah-hi-yi-yi-yi. I don't know. I'm actually surprised earlier in the episode when I told you to say your first few that come to mind. I always thought this band was your number one that came to mind. Oh, we've had this debate. That was like 30 minutes ago. I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) See, we've had this debate many times on the podcast, whether this band is actually good or not. You don't think they are. And I love them. I've seen them, you know, 15 times. Oh, is it that crappy uh, Ryan Adams? No, no. (laughs) No, listen. Also, the lead singer thinks this is a lyric. Who wow, oh whoa, whoa, oh whoa, whoa. Hi, yai, 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 yai. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, Pearl Jam. Yep. There you go. All right. I love the what magazine is this? I'm gonna subscribe tomorrow. Yeah, LA Weekly. I mean, hey, so so yeah, we won't we won't bore everybody with the, the debate again. I don't think you can call them a bad band, but boy, are they annoying and boy, are they overrated since their first three albums. And now they've become, I think kind of a novelty you know, they want to be like a, you know, they want to be like a jam band. So it's like, let's play different sets every night. And they heard Neil Young in 1992 and decided that's what they wanted to be. You know, uh, Hey, I did see something. What was I watching? I was watching some music documentary or something. Um, I think I was in, in a YouTube spiral. And I saw that thing where, do you remember when Eddie Vedder during Porch used to like climb all over the place? Yeah, he climb over like on the speakers and the light well, towers. Like one and show he like, he was in San Diego maybe. He, he like climbed to the top of the venue. He's like hanging from like a, pole and like literally if if his hand would have slipped he probably would have died you know but um it was like wow he really was like mental i mean because i don't think there were tricks i don't think he had a secret like carabiner on that like nobody could see 
Like literally this guy, if, it, if his hand was sweaty and it slipped, it, it, he would have fallen onto a crowd of people and probably killed himself and a few others. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, the guy was, guy was insane. Also kind of a insanely good athlete. You can tell. Yeah. A strong dude. Like, I mean, yeah. stuff he's doing. but anyway, um, I think that they overthink. I think that they are up their own butts and I'm glad they're on the list. Yeah. Go back and listen to the Vitology episode to hear our full Pearl Jam take. But uh, obviously, I don't think Pearl Jam is an album that I put on the turntable, if I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that should say it all right there. I mean, I, so, I, I find this one to be such a hip take that actually is grounded in completely like no reality. Mm. I mean, again, I won't take that. I won't take that personally. You cannot. Yeah, you, you cannot like them. But to say they're one of the worst of all time is just. Yeah, I mean, it's laughable. I mean, listen, I agree with that. I agree with that. Again, I, I'm as annoyed with that band as anybody, but this isn't the most annoying band list. This is the worst band list. And if you put my whole sort of thing about Pearl Jam aside, they, they really shouldn't be on this list. But number I, six, they still annoy the living shit out of me. I know they do. I know they do. Number six, we're one away from the top five. The common rap on this group is that they deteriorated after adding this person trading their funky soul for kitschy dance pop did they add ted, did they add ted mcginley <laughs> yeah. isn't he the guy first of all love him you know he's he's uh he was jefferson darcy jefferson darcy and he was um stan gable you know the alpha betas i mean ted mcginley's exactly. amazing Come on. but there was this rap that once you put ted mcginley on your show that it started to go downhill which is yeah. completely untrue anyway sorry yeah but who would have figured the group could get worse? Here's a hint. Last year's Super Bowl halftime show, where they sung out of sync and trampled Sweet Child of Mine, made Madonna's version look brilliant. Somebody covered Sweet Child of Mine at the Super Bowl? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I usually don't watch the halftime show. Who was it? This would be the Black Eyed Peas. The person they added was Fergie. Are they a band? I don't even know. Are they a band? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think technically you have to say so. Aren't they more like a, I don't know. Don't they have like producers like record their songs and they just yell over them? Isn't that kind of the what happens? Yes. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> yeah. much. I mean, I don't even consider them a, a, a band. Like literally, I think people record those songs bring them in the studio, have them jump around and yell things. And then they have an album. So yeah, I mean, they're awful, but are they a band? Yeah. In this case, I think they are. I mean, yeah, I think you have to say they are, you know, I think that they had uh, you know, they had Fergie and they had, uh, you know, the, the other dude, Will and then they I just had that, like big yeah. giant guy. Like, what was he doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, they're not a band, I don't think. Okay. All right. Well, they're like a calcu. They're like a focus grouped operation. <laughs> yeah, dude, very focus grouped. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we are into the top five. Okay, we start with this group. I really wanted to like Meriwether Post Pavilion even going far out of my way to appreciate the record as it was surely intended. Super stoned, 
miles from civilization in the Northern California woods. Still no dice. The problem is this band are a special kind of unlistenable. Their albums don't reward active engagement, but they don't make good background music either. I know the band. I just, I wouldn't have been able to pull it out without someone telling me what it is, but the album is called Meriwether Post Pavilion. I know. This is Animal Collective. Don't know much about them. I'm not sure. Let me. Let's because yeah, yeah, see, see if we can see if we can pull up. Let's let's hear a clip. Okay, let's see. Uh, the song's called "My Girls." <laughs> what the? F- um. Uh. This. Okay. Let's try another one. This is called "Summertime Clothes." Okay. Um, what's well, like their most popular song? I I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> really I'm gonna literally know. I'm gonna literally search Animal Collective most popular songs. Uh, cuckoo cuckoo. Let's try that. Okay, let's hear that one. Let's see if you can spot this one. What the hell is this? It, it it's bad. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Yeah, I, I I I'm very sure I've never heard any of this stuff. Um, it, it's pretty. Uh, this is kind of modern. I mean, well, now it doesn't I'm, sound like festival rock to now me. Now I'm intrigued. Um, let's see. There, the the song that has gotten the highest on the charts is called Peace Peace Bone. Let's try that one. Dude, is this a f-ing joke? I mean, <laughs> let's try summertime clothes, and then I'm 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 done with this because you know now I'm just like really confused. Oh wait, we already heard that one. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, they're weird and bad. So yeah, I agree. I, they're from they're from oh they're from Baltimore. Oh. Really? Yeah. Not a great name either. Animal Collective. I mean, come on. Experimental pop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Experimental. Like maybe we just don't get it, man. I think we're just done with that experiment. Yeah. I maybe we're just, you know, we're just old dying. We're not cool enough, dude. Don't understand it. What do we know? All right. Number four. Yeah, this one pisses me off. I didn't want to read it. Touted as the originators of punk. This band was really just a third-rate faces ripoff with a low-rent Richard Hell on vocals. So LA, LA Weekly is trying to show its punk cred. It says a couple members are great, but we're held back by the larger-than-life personalities of two of the members. Sloppy, derivative, and obsessed with shock value for its own sake, which is completely not true, by the way. This band set the template for British punk rock bands trying too hard. Well, the Sex Pistols? Yes. Unbelievable. Just I, <laughs> unreal that they'd put them on this list and have it be number four. 
I mean, they make one of the most important and best records of the 1970s, an album that literally changed rock music. And uh, yeah, I mean, now now they're I mean, not cool. You know, so I mean, you know how much I love Public Image Limited. I love Johnny Rotten and the whole. I don't think that Sex Pistols were trying to be good. So, right? I mean, that really wasn't their statement. That no, really wasn't I, their I, purpose. I, I disagree. Listen to Never Mind the Bullocks Top to Bottom. It's a pop record. It, it's just got this edge. I mean, it's got this crazy, raw, heavy edge and energy to it. You don't write those songs unless you're trying to get an audience. Yeah. But their attitude. But wasn't it like approach, a bit? I mean, it was kind of a. It was no. like a little bit of an art piece, what they were doing, wasn't it? Well, maybe, maybe a little bit of an art piece. I definitely wouldn't say it was a bit. I mean, they were making statements. Yeah, they were. They were responding to their times. I mean, it incredible. I still just love that interview with Johnny Rotten and Keith. Um, oh, Keith Levine? With uh, Tom Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, talking yeah. about Public Image Limited. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a business. A, it's not a band. It's a business. <laughs> Snyder's just not getting it at all. Uh, you got to credit Tom Snyder in that interview. He really stayed really patient and professional. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I that one's just weird. That was like one of those, like I, at least my interpretation to them has, and I think it's, it, it showed with Rotten's future work and his future personality is that I think he's always been kind of a showman artist type of guy and i think that what he was doing with the sex missiles even at a young age and even though they got sort of heralded as as really inventing a lot of the um kind of heart of the punk scene that i still think that part of what they were doing was a little bit of performance art and i do think they made a really good album but i don't think they were like trying to be a good band so to put them in the like bad bands thing is i don't know I, I just think I don't know if it's inaccurate if it's inaccurate or not, but it's just misplaced. Okay, I, I get that. that's a good take. I get that. I just the thing about the Sex Pistols that pisses me off is that so many people form opinions about that band without ever listening to Nevermind the Bullocks top to bottom. Yeah. First of all, amazing record. Second of all, yeah. You know, if you believe like all the stories about the band, you're not really hearing what they were doing musically. Yep. That's going to taint your whole view of the whole thing. Like all the Sid Vicious and Sid Vicious didn't even play on Nevermind the Bullocks. Their only album. It's stupid. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, fair enough. I get it. All right. I'm pissed. Okay. All right. <laughs> Number three. That one pissed you off more than Rush. Well, Rush is not even, it's just not even what we're talking about. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. all right. Number three. <laughs> I love this one. Little, little, little newer band. If this band were only responsible for three albums that are half filler and a workout mix made by people who clearly don't go to the gym, it's funny, they wouldn't be on the list. No, they deserve special mention for the critical crusade to pass the front man off as indie rocks, preeminent male role model in spite of nay, because of his worldview, which remains as rigid and obnoxious as Toby Keith's, which I don't really, I don't know that reference. It is roughly that music achieved perfection in 1977. No one outside of New York City is important. And your interaction with credibility is its overseer's 
is a bigger concern than learning how not to be an insufferable, self-obsessed jerk. (laughs) In other words, this band's fans are the type of people who think buying their 10-year-old kid a public image limited record for his birthday is an example. Wait a minute. This is pill? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I think the key you have to go to is this is really a person. They wouldn't be on this list. No, they deserve special mention for the critical crusade to pass the dude who is this band off as indie rocks, preeminent male role model. Yeah. But back up. Why is it bad to buy your 10 year old, a pill album? Well, I don't know. Shut up. Yeah. I disagree with that. That is good parenting. It's very good parenting. So maybe I'm going to end up liking this band because I think that's a great idea. I think you do like this band. I, I think you do. I'm not sure. I thought I remember from maybe New York and they're from the seventies. Uh, they're from, no, they're not from the seventies. No. Oh, the strokes. No, oh. it's a pretty good guess, but no, uh, I don't know. They broke up. They did a big blowout final tour and final show. I don't know what the dude has done since. Oh, LCD sound system. You got it. Yep. That's number three. Um, I think I agree with this. I mean, they're very, very, very overrated. Uh, I mean, I don't think, I think they sort of hand delivered a quote unquote new unique genre to an audience that maybe hadn't gotten there yet, but there was nothing they did that was original. You know, I think if you look at like other bands that, you know, I think like hot chips, a much better band, you know, others that have kind of done a similar thing so yeah i mean what's the guy's name again james murphy yeah james murphy yeah i mean super like drama you know sort of arrogant uh did the whole farewell thing and then like a year later is like hey we're back yeah uh, yeah kind of just a weird move when you're like 30 <laughs> um, yeah, totally they've had some okay they had some okay moments here and there but very 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 overrated i i get that i get that one this what are we on number three that was number three i i watched like 10 minutes of that movie it was like the farewell like whatever yeah. last show movie and i was like this guy's a dick like what i don't want to yeah. root for this guy who cares yeah, you know yeah yeah and and what they did the other thing that's interesting about them is what they did really hasn't held up you don't hear yes. a lot of people that are like LCD, like, yeah, like <laughs> it was sort of a thing that just hit and sort of flashed at the right moment at the right time with sort of the right pieces, but it really hasn't sustained at all. Yeah. You know, and, and farewelling was a very bad idea. Whoever thought that was a good idea was full of bad ideas. <laughs> right. right exactly. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Okay, number two. Yeah, you're gonna get this very easily. The almighty arbiter of SoCal Cool was famously willing to be thrown out of a cab because he hated this band, and you should be too. Soporific Laurel King and Coke Rock, whose chief <laughs> that's so funny, whose chief existential lament seems to be, what topping should I get on my burrito? This band is the quintessential band for a decade whose favorite barbiturate was the Quaalude. Don't know. You know, I don't I don't think you're into this movie as half as much as I am. I mean, you know, he fing hates the Eagles, man. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that? Big Lebowski. 
Oh, okay. The dude. Yeah. The dude hides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number two, the Eagles. Or Eagles, I guess. No um, yeah, okay. Um, Hotel California is one of the best songs ever written and recorded. Now, their, it's country, very good. Stu- their country stuff sucked. You know, all that stuff with... Uh, Who's the guy in the band that did all the dumb, the Glenn Glenn Fry that did sort of the folky countryish stuff? Yeah, I mean all yeah. that stuff sucked. And the, you know the reason why I root against the Eagles for I I love the long run, the last album they did, the only yeah. album that they did with Timothy B. Schmidt. It's it's a fabulous album. Uh-huh. But they were all such pricks. Yeah, yeah. You know, did you ever watch the Eagles at like eight hour documentary? I mean, no. they were such assholes. Like, yeah, it's like, why do I root for these guys? Yeah. Like, like bef- what I said before, you know, they were hard guys to root for. Yeah. I'm not a fan, but you know, they got a couple really good songs already gone. is a really good song. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Already gone is, you know, but cool. yeah, I mean, they had for every great song they had, they had 10 bad ones. You know, for sure. For in sure. fact, I think I only like like three or four of their songs. And I'm trying to think of more. I can't tell you why. Is but that's essentially a Timothy B. Schmidt solo song. Well, it's an Eagle song. I mean, it's on the long run. It's but he wrote it and sang it, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he would have done that. You know. By the way, he chipped in on uh, "I Won't Hold You Back" by Toto. You know that that yep. really sweet, soothing. Yep vocal during the chorus i always was like man luca they're really and then it's like additional vocals by timothy b schmidt it was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah right exactly okay exactly. now i get it yeah but um are there any other eagles songs i named two uh i like the long run i like i can't tell you why what's oh, california for sure already gone what's that uh, acapella one uh s- something about a road desperado no 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 uh I guess it's not acapella. That's a good one. Okay. Seven Bridges Road. So so it's like a handful of of stuff, you know? All right, man. Well, we are. Is it time for number one? It's time for number one. All right. You're not going to like it. Great. You want a real American horror story? Sit in the back of an SUV with off-key sorority house members singing along to this band. It's a jam act with no jams. They make Perrier seem vibrant and ethnic. The singer croons like Kermit with a hangover for a presumed intended audience of trustafarians and frat bros bonding via hacky sack and horseshoes. Jesus. (laughs) Them and folks whose favorite book is The Da Vinci Code and favorite show is Two and a Half Men. It's funny. They are permanent beige, the sonic instantiation of Abercrombie and Fitch cargo shorts, South Carolina Gamecocks hats, and flip-flops flailing. Oh, my God. Okay. We already did fish. Widespread uh, panic? No. Who? You're, you're not thinking big enough. I think you've seen this group more than any band uh, ever. Who, Humphreys McGee? Nope. Well, yeah, you're right. This is probably second. Who, Dave Matthews Band? Yep. 
Dave Matthews Band is number one, if you can believe it. For the for the worst band? For the worst band of all time. I mean, come on. That's kind of stupid. I would say it is very stupid. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to like them. And, you know, I, I, I don't even go to the shows anymore because now it's kind of dumb. But to say they're a bad band is insane but then again these guys said rush was bad so whatever. right right see that is the la weekly i'm surprised that would be number one i mean actually the eagles would have been a really good number one but yeah eagles would have been i I think a more fitting number one than dave matthews band that's for sure yeah well that was fun good call we can do more of those yeah so we'll, we'll do the odyssey one at some point we'll see what the feedback is on this show we would love for people to let us know, you know, what do you think should have been uh, on this list? So, you know, hit us up on our social media outlets. Yeah. Also, you, you know, a lot of our listeners just know where to find us directly and we can share out some of those lists. So, you know, shoot us a text, find us on social media. And while you're at it, you know, follow us, subscribe to us, continue to follow our podcast. And, uh, Maybe we'll report some of those out once we get them from some of our listeners. What do you yeah, think and so what's the what's the game plan next? Are we doing an album? Or are we going to do a, a Q&A? Or what, what do we got on the docket here? Now? We have a Q&A on the horizon. So yeah, same thing. We'll take some questions from people uh, between now and, and maybe the next week or two. So we'll get some of those on there. And, and then, yeah, we'll get right back into the rhythm, rhythm with albums. I know you and I both have a couple of good ones coming up for yes. sure. I, there's some, there's some things in the hopper that are pretty exciting. No doubt about it. No doubt. I will. Thanks so much for tuning into this special edition of two twins and an album. We'll be back real soon. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And we will see you very, very soon on the next edition of two twins and an album. Two twins. That's about it. That's all we have. I hope it wasn't too disappointing. We will see you on tour. Until then, take it easy.